Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, guys, the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. Once again, I am Michael Tarazas, as always. And for this show, Destin Adams and Rashad McGinnis will not be joining us, thankfully. Um, honestly, you know, I love these guys. We're They'll be back to the show soon. But, of course, they got some things they, they got to handle. Destin, you know, about to become a father. Got to get that together. Rashad, our prayers are with you, my man. I will probably be seeing you soon to help you out with what's going on, but that's all side business. Now we got to get to the actual Colts business of things, okay? So, of course, as always, I'm Michael Tarazas. Joined by me is Marcus from Culture Shock, and we got Rondo from Colts B. What's up, guys? How's it going? I appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, what's going on? Let's go talk some Colts football, man. Excited to be back on the show. All right, guys. Okay, so... Look, uh, this was a fun past weekend that, that we just had. College football returned, and, man, uh, I, I can't tell you how excited I was. What, what kind of games did y'all watch? Mm, to be honest, the only one I did watch was the LSU one when they got blasted, but that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being a Miami Hurricane alumni, it was not fun. Not fun at all. Mm. Oh, dang, yeah. <laughs> And I, and I got to say something, man, this we're, we're, we talk about it every year, but at some point, someone's got to do something about it, man. We have got to get rid of this damn ejection from this targeting rule, dude. Like there it's I mean, I keep seeing some media people out there. No, no, no one specifically uh, not calling anybody out on the show, but talking about coaches got to do a better job of teaching that. And like, how, how do you teach someone not to tackle? Like, isn't that the basic rule as a defender? Get leverage, get the pad level on the ball carrier and tackle. Get lower than him, tackle. How else are you going to do that without leading with your head? That's the game of football. How else are you going to do that? If you do that, then guess what? That causes a lot of arm tackles, which guess what? means your defense is probably sorry because you're not really tackling anyone. So, obviously, that guy showed off his football IQ. I don't know how exactly – you teach a defender, look, don't make this tackle. Even though it's good form, we can't use it. Like, how how do you even do that? I, I, I don't get it. I wanted to see Bolden. 
uh, Bubba Bolden in the Miami secondary. I wanted to see him. I wanted to scout him a little bit to see what he what he can bring to the table. And the 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 day got cut short. I that really upset me. But other than that, I mean, in terms of college football, my TCU Horn Frogs got off to a strong start against Duquesne. Of course, they did what they should have done. But I like I like where from the eye test. I think we still got a couple of NFL guys on that defense. So, talking about college football, of course, Alabama did its thing. Prayers up to Muhammad Ibrahim, man. That was uh, – he was going to be one of the better backs in the country. Probably going to have a torn Achilles. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think there's anything else. I mean, when we come to college football, and we're not going to stay on this long, but when we talk about the playoff, okay – what are four teams? Now, we're, each of us are going to get four teams. It's the start of the football season, both college and NFL. We'll wrap it up here shortly for the college. But, Marcus, let's start with you, man. Who are your four teams for the college football playoff this year? Well, autom- automatically, I think everyone's going to have Alabama in that conversation for sure because it's just how dominant they've been for years to go. Um, another team I can see potentially making that is Ohio State. Um, they look pretty solid in their first game. I mean, you know, it's been a ro- it's been up and down in their first game, but I think they can pull it off for sure. Uh, Georgia can be another team that can go in there, and the dark horse is a team that smacked us is UCLA because they played their championship that game. So I can put them in there as the fourth spot. Okay, let's not get crazy now. Okay, UCLA <laughs> is not making the college football playoff. Let's just go ahead and say that. Um, Rondo, what what about you, man? Yeah, I mean, obviously Alabama's automatic. I mean, Nick Saban basically lives there. So you're kind of stupid to not have them there. I've got Georgia, too. I think Ohio State gets in there. And then just for fun, because honestly, I'll be real, I don't really watch much college football. But just for fun, how about Notre Dame finds a way to make it up there? What? What? No love for McKenzie Milton in Florida State? No love? I'm I'm, I'm Miami. No, absolutely not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The the, the sorry university. Okay. All right. I, I had to. Had to remember that. Uh, that's that, that's interesting. So, Marcus, you were serious about UCLA getting in? Hey, man, they beat the crap out of us. If they don't beat everybody else, it's we gonna not have to like y'all are good or anything. It's coming from a guy that played a Duquesne team nobody ever heard of. Bro, but Joe Burrow <laughs> is not walking through the door again. Come on, man. I wish he was, to be honest. I really wish he was. Oh, that was just gosh. flat out embarrassing. See, embarrassing. mine. Look, I think. I understand if people say, you know, if you watched Ohio State, you saw a few problems. Well, they have a freshman quarterback, so that's obviously going to be one of them. He had a – it was a very rocky game from C.J. Stroud, throwing off his back foot, a few inaccurate throws. Some of them lacked velocity, a couple of bad reads. That's going to happen, man. I mean, that's just going to happen for a freshman. Uh, I mean, are they going to be one of the top four? I mean, I I would – I don't necessarily see the Big Ten being as competitive as they have in years past. I mean, Iowa, maybe Indiana, I never really believed that hype. Michigan, I mean, they got Jim Harbaugh. They're going to suck anyway. Uh, Michigan State, maybe. I mean, who are you going to take against Ohio State? So odds are they're probably just going to go undefeated by default because of maybe how non-competitive the Big Ten is, in my opinion. So Alabama, of course, the Alabama Invitational. Ohio State, I think you – I mean, th- th- this is what gets tricky about these week one games, man. 
you see the ranking, you see the type of game it was, but what if it comes out and Clemson and Georgia really aren't that good? What if it comes up? What if they both lose two games each or lose one loses three, one loses two? What if it comes out like that? It's happened before. Um, but I, I'm going to believe the hype, man. There was some real NFL talent on that field. I'm going to go with Georgia. Those are my three teams. Now, the fourth one, man, I really don't know. I really don't know. A couple of things worried me when I watched Clemson quarterback play, offensive line, uh, you know, in the Big 12. Uh, I mean, of course, I want to say TCU, the eye test passed, but come on, man. We got to beat Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma, maybe. I mean, of course, their defense sucks again. Um, I have no idea. I want to say maybe USC, maybe USC or Oregon. I want to maybe see a Pac-12 team get in there, you know, or maybe, you know what? Actually, Iowa State. Got love for Matt Campbell, man. Got love for Matt Campbell. I got I got a root for my boy. Okay, I love me some Matt Campbell. That's gonna be my four. All right. So, uh, are y'all sticking with y'all's top four? Because uh, people are gonna remember this episode and they're gonna come back and be like, "Yo, what the hell are y'all talking about?" UCLA, Iowa State. You know, for my four, for, I, instead of me trolling UCLA, I have to throw Oregon in there as four. Okay, Oregon. Okay. I don't believe it, but hey, why why not Liberty? Cincinnati boy Desmond Ritter, he ain't he ain't here to play this year, man. He ain't playing with us. This ain't college basketball. Really? Don't disrespect (laughs) that man like that. I watched that game, dude. He he had one hell of a game. I, I will I will say that for him, man. I got mad love for Desmond Ritter. And again, if we suck this year, it's Ritter time. So that's going to table this college football talk, okay? Um, You know, if we want to start a college football podcast, y'all can go see it there. But we're not going to do that. This is going to be Colts football. So, guys, there's been a lot of discussion over this uh, depth chart that was released today. You know, some crazy stuff going on with certain cuts, waivers, you know, practice squad additions. Some crazy stuff that went on there. Uh, Antoine Woods, we recently released him, but he is now back on the practice squad. A guy like him should not be on the practice squad, by the way. Uh, Andrew Brown was released for some reason. Isaac Rochelle is still on this damn roster. I don't know why. Um, but, hey, I mean, to each, other, to each his own. What were some of the takeaways? You know, starting starting with Zach Pascal lining up in the slot. Paris Campbell was – slotted on the depth chart to be outside so what what is this what, what was your takeaway seeing zach pascal in the slot i think the takeaway is that that's been the guy who has been the most consistent since he's been on the roster he's your most versatile receiver in terms of what he can do and i probably in, t- in the case of campbell let's make his life a little easier because we know we've had the, we've seen the injury issues with him whatnot i think you put him on the outside you simplify his responsibilities give the give the complicated responsibilities to the guys who, who to the guy who has been the most consistent and the most reliable so i, I think it's again it's just putting a smart is a smart coach putting a smart player in a, in a right position yeah I, I totally agree with him there um Zach Pascal is definitely one of the most consistent. I love his game. He definitely has good technique. The route running can catch the football as well. So plugging him right there wouldn't be an issue for the Colts offense at all, especially having all the weapons we're going to have going into next season. 
him being there is not going to be a problem. And knowing Coach Frank Reich's playbook, he's definitely going to plug in some certain scenarios where people are dragging over top of him, underneath him, and other things in that nature as well. So having him at the slot is not an issue for me. I love Zach Pascal. And look, contrary to what many hear on here, I love Michael Pittman. I expect him to do big things. But today, right now, Zach Pascal is the most proven wide receiver on this roster with T.Y. Hilton down. He's the most proven, and I love what Rondo said. He's experienced. He can do it. And, I mean, he definitely earned that respect, in my opinion. So, again, I expect huge things from Pittman, but Pascal is easily the most proven on this roster. Another takeaway that we saw, okay, Hines, Naheem Hines, being running back two in front of Marlon Mack. I mean, you could just, I mean, if I was able to, Man, I would put that Marlon Mack from T.Y. Hilton in training camp, like, over Marlon Mack? Come on now. I mean, I, I honestly didn't see this, okay? Um, what does it even mean? I mean, are we just reading in too deep because it's the running back position? I think we understand how this running back position is going to go. Naheem Hines is going to get bulk of the – snaps that a running back is going to be lining up in the slot on the outside catching the ball in the backfield and taylor mac are going to be handling the actual handoff getting the ball running downfield duty so uh ronda let me start with you again man what what was your takeaway from Hines beating out marlon mac for running back too Honestly, I'm like, as, as much as I love Mac, I like putting Hines above him. You know, Hines has always been talking about how he wants more carries when he wants to show the ability, you know, he can run between the tackles as well. We obviously know the dynamic playmaker he is. Most of those snaps are probably going to come on in passing downs. But really, I don't look at it as a diss on Marlon Mack. The fact of the matter is that you missed all the last season and Taylor and Hines showed that they can handle the reps when, you, unfortunately, when you're not there. So th this is really more so of, They've proven themselves. You're still working back from an injury. Yes, we know what you can do. But remember, he's coming off an Achilles. That's not an injury to come back from. Adrian Peterson is a freak of nature for doing what he did. That's not normal. So if anything, they're more so, I would say, easing Mac back into it. But again, Taylor and Hines is your, future, is your backfield of the future. I, I would venture to say that this might be Max last year in a Colts uniform anyway. So putting him at three really doesn't bother me in any sense of the matter, just because it really doesn't matter where you had Hines on the depth chart. He was going to get the bulk of the snaps on passing plays. Yeah. Um, you know, that was kind of a hot take right there. Marlon Max last year in the Colts jersey. I mean, even though that's been rumored a lot, totally understand where you're coming from from that. Like I said, I'm not mad at Hines' decision to be over Marlon Mack as well. When you look at the usage rate, how the Colts are probably going to use the running, the, the running backs anyway going into next season, I'm pretty sure we're going to try to plug Hines in as much as possible for a little bit of receiving, a little bit of running. And Marlon Mack just coming off the injury. He's going to be used in certain scenarios, but he's not going to be used as often as we expect him to be due to him coming back from that injury. So he will be limited. But, of course, this is the first unofficial depth chart, so it may change over time going into the season. Maybe Marlon Mack might have a spurt against one of these teams. Like, All right, you know what? Marlon Mack's back. Let's put him over behind. It's, it's going to fluctuate every now and then. So I'm not mad at this decision having him over. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at it either. Uh, the running back position, man, I mean, I've been a little bit vocal about it. Let's get Wilkins out of here, man. I mean, trade him for something. This dude is just too talented to just be sitting 
on the sidelines getting one rep a game or just getting mental reps. I mean, the dude has talent, man. Why, why are we doing this to him? Um, you could point to what's going on in Baltimore. That's why you need to have depth. And I would not be surprised if Wilkins doesn't get traded at all because of that reason. You're seeing it in Baltimore. Top two guys went down. Now, got to have some backup. So that's what the Colts are going to venture uh, with. I didn't really see much of a big deal of Hines being running back too. Now, the next one, I I don't, I don't get this coaching staff. I, I really don't. I don't get the Colts philosophy. Uh, Al-Kadim Muhammad, a guy that we mentioned never this preseason, is starting on this defense over guys like Kamoko Toure, Ben Banigou, Tyquan Lewis. Um, what the hell? Uh, Marcus, let me start with you, man. Please make some sense of this because this, this just I, – I, take it away, man. Yeah, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there isn't any sense when it comes to this situation. I don't think there's any Colts fans that will want Muhammad to start over what we have uh, working for the for the edge rush. Like I said, well, he is proven. He does have talent. Of course, if you want to credit to what he did last year, he sacked Lamar Jackson, so that was a big move. Um, but, you know, when you go into next season, one of the problems we had last year was the edge. We were very slow coming off the edge last year. Yes, we were good at stopping the run every now and then, but what we're going against next year is probably one of the toughest schedules I've ever seen as a Colts fan. There's a lot of mobile quarterbacks, and the game is changing, so we're going to need some speed coming off the edge. I would have loved to see Quiddy Pay and Terrell on both edges. Hey, even if it been Banigou, we all know athleticism and speed is going to be the key coming off the edge going into next year. So maybe it's going to fluctuate just like a running back scenario. Maybe it'll change over time. When one of their names get called, they come in and play better than Muhammad. They're going to be like, all right, you know what? Let's, let's start them over here next game. It's going to be certain games where they're going to have to switch up this edge line, uh, how it's going to look. But the uh, bright side of this, I can say for Akhani Muhammad, is when you're lined up next with Grover Stewart or DeForest Buckner, you're going to be bound to have a very decent game. So from that perspective, I'm not mad at that, but we shall see. I mean, Quiddy Pay's still a rookie as well, so maybe Teray get his moment, and maybe we'll see a Teray and Ben Bandigou situation on both edges. But over due time, hopefully that'll work. But for, for the Al-Kadim Muhammad situation, I, I was shocked seeing him starting. So, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Teray is coming off the injury as well, so that's probably why he's not getting that, from my opinion. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely kind of share that. He he's just kind of been like that ghost who never goes away. I mean, I really I think part of it is the fact of the matter is I guess he's technically kind of a veteran, at least compared to the guys he's over. You know, he's been there longer. And even then, and we we've seen this over the course of the years with the, the Colts, really no one on that D-line really kind of plays all of the snaps. I mean, maybe Buck, but after that, they all rotate in and out of there. So I want to look into it too much that he's listed as number one. You know, he's not he's not going to play, I'll say, 9% of the defensive snaps. He's going to be rotating in and out. You know, like Marcus just mentioned, that it's it's an unofficial week one depth chart that could easily change by the time we get to Friday or Saturday. Obviously, you mentioned a Ture injury that that's got to have, you know, a say in it. But I, again, I wouldn't look into it too deep. I, I would look at it back. At, remember in the preseason when like George Odom was listed as like a fourth safety. So I, I don't buy into it too much, especially just background of the position. Again, he he's not going to play 100 percent of the defensive snaps. This is th- this is my thing, man. This... <sighs> Chris Ballard at the end of last year. Comes out, talks about need to get Kamoko Toure going, need Ben Banigou to come on. 
and you have, and l- let me actually say this first. Al-Qadim Muhammad is a fine player. He is a good player. He deserves to be on a 53-man roster. But should he be starting? Should he even be listed as a starter? No, he shouldn't. He should not. He's not better than Kamoko Toure at rushing the passer. Run defense, okay. Is it him or Ben better at run defense? I, I haven't seen too much of Ben to give him the vote of confidence. But what... I don't understand the Colts' philosophy. Everywhere you look in the league, that starter is getting all the reps. They're getting, they're dominating the snap counts, but not in Indianapolis. We're going to go by committee. No, that's not what wins you championships, man. The Buccaneers didn't go by committee by winning a championship last year. The Chiefs didn't win a championship by going by committee. You got stars at certain positions, they need to dominate those certain positions if they're a starter. So if Al-Qadim Muhammad is a starter, then we expect, we should expect for him to dominate most of the reps, which still doesn't make any sense because, again, he's not better than these younger guys. Hell, is he even better than Taekwon Lewis? It's like, why is this, Colts, why are you creating this conversation? You're the ones creating the conversation. We're just here to talk about it. Why is Alkany Muhammad listed higher than Kamoko Toure and Ben Baker? Why? Why? Why the hell is Isaac Rochelle even on this roster? Why? Well, I, I will continue to ask that question. Why is Isaac Rochelle on this roster? Why is Andrew Brown not here? Why is Antoine Woods not on the roster again? Why is he on this roster? I won't understand it. I've been, me and Destin have been going back and forth, back and forth. And yes, versatility matters. He can play inside and out, but that doesn't mean he's good at it. That does not mean he's good at it. What? Look, I got mad love, man. I got mad love, but it just don't make any sense, man. This this is Matty Fluke for you, or Matt Eberflus, sorry. That, that's Matty Eberflus for you, man. Uh, I don't think Ballard has any, you know, decision on who's starting or anything. That's completely up to the DCs and the OCs on that part. But Jesus, man, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm just sitting at my desk like, yeah, you out of here. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of it. You out of here. That's just, yeah, I ain't even going to renew the contract. Just, um, do, do we have any other thoughts on, on this position? Of course, Quiddy Pay is going to be that starter. Uh, Taekwon Lewis backing him up. Kamoko Toure and Ben Bandigu going to be, for some idiotic reason, going to be behind Al-Qadim Muhammad. Um, maybe we are. Maybe I am reading too much into it. And, yes, I agree because I even talked about this with Rashad earlier in the day. Let's see how these games go. Let's see what the snap counts are, which – of course, is only a Colts conversation because we're the only team in the league that lists a guy as a starter and only has him play 20 snaps. What the hell? Um, so for some reason, we're that. Uh, but any other comments on this edge position before we get into the overall depth of the defensive line? All right, so they're telling me no. So getting into the regular overall depth of the defensive line, I think it's I think it looks good. Uh, the fact that if I'm looking at it correctly right here, I think it says Chris Williams is going to be the backup to DeForest Buckner. 
that is that's that that is a surprise because we expected you know Antoine well Antoine Woods was going to back up Grover Stewart um Andrew Brown Tyquan Lewis I mean hell you could have even put Akhili Muhammad in this uh backup three tech position too it's going to be Chris Williams behind Grover Stewart it's going to be Taylor Stalwart and yeah again I just keep looking at this name right here on the defensive end i just wonder why he's here um so what what is your overall opinion guys starting with you rondo uh what is our overall opinion of the defensive line depth from this uh depth chart well i mean the fact that you can list multiple guys that you feel should be starting over aqm kind of tells you that we, we feel like we are pretty deep. Not to mention the fact that you also mentioned how we, we run this committee system. I mean, you know, we've been doing that for years, ever since Freeney and Mathis left the team. So it, I was I feel pretty confident. Also, not to mention the fact that it's it's a young unit as well. You know, I want to say yeah, no one in that is over the age of 27, I think. So you got a bunch of young guys in there. And especially with this week one game against the Seahawks, that's a very terrible offensive line. So this is a great first test for Quiddy Pay as a young guy. You know, Teray and Ben Banigu to get some confidence. Tycon Lewis get some more confidence. It's going to be an easy test. We, we should really, I would say this week one game is going to tell us whether we should panic for the rest of the season or not. Because this is a game where they should eat. Because again, what, Russ Wilson's best lineman is... Dwayne Brown, who's like 39. So yeah, Quiddy Pay should eat. They should all eat this Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, this is definitely going to be a proven game for the Colts. Uh, the defensive line depth is pretty deep. Uh, he did mention we do have a very young core. When it comes to the, the depth, um, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a crazy scenario for how how it's gonna be planned out for the game planning going into certain games when it comes to this defensive line. Uh, but I'm totally looking forward to it. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that much of a roller coaster. Eventually, Antoine Woods should be put on the roster. Uh, I don't know if Taylor Stallsworth or Chris Williams is going to be, you know, out doing his production. But I think he's not going to be on the practice squad for long because he is a good talent. And I think he can definitely prove himself on the, uh, on the NFL roster. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the, the depth is solid. I like the depth. I like the depth. Uh, of course, this was one of my biggest, and it still is, uh, one of my biggest questions on this team going forward. And this is definitely going to be a position that's going to drive this team to the playoffs, hopefully a Super Bowl, or that's going to drive us into an early conversation of the draft. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, again, why the hell is AQM starting? I don't know, but with Quiddy Payne, and DeForest Buckner, young guys, Grover Stewart being Grove, he's going to be here. I, I think hopefully we'll be all right, man. Like I've said, I said on Twitter, I believe last week I, I went back and watched Kamoko Toure. I think he needs to start. Uh, I think he should be starting. I said he should be starting over Taekwon. Never did I see Muhammad uh, in this conversation, so he should be starting over Muhammad. He looks stronger, thicker, same exact explosiveness that he had in 19. So I, I like where it is. Honestly, I like where it is. So getting into the secondary part of this depth chart, I got to say, man, I am happy to see Isaiah Rogers backing up Rock Yassin, okay? Because people like to call him Lock Yassin, but he hasn't locked anyone down yet. So it's going to be Rock Yassin. And the fact that Isaiah Rogers is backing him up, man, I am so excited to see this guy play. Um, was there much of a competition 
at cornerback too because TJ Carey is also listed as the backup free safety to Julian Blackman. So that took him out of the running. So are you going to go with Rocky Sin, Bo Pete Keys, Chris Wilcox? Yeah, I think you're you hit a fork in the road. So you had to give it to Rocky Sin. Uh, but the fact that Isaiah Rogers, man, you know what? I'm about to go hot take. Isaiah Rogers takes cornerback two spot from Rocky Sin. That's my hot take. And I really wish Destin and Rashad were here to see this, but they'll be listening to the show tomorrow. Uh, they'll probably immediately text me on it afterwards, and Destin will run to Twitter and talk about, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what this man's talking about. But you know what? That's my hot take, and I'm going to stand by it. Isaiah Rogers outplays Rocky Sin throughout the year to earn cornerback two. I said it. You heard it here first, okay? Uh, and if it does not happen and it goes bad, don't revert back to me. So, uh, again, where is y'all's – where was y'all's reaction when y'all saw the – depth of the secondary uh i'll go first um i wasn't surprised at all i mean i kind of was surprised with the tj carrier free safety but i think he's decent enough to be at safety if it is required just due to it, how the, the way he plays zones but when it comes to rocky sin spot wasn't surprised at it at all like i said i don't think he reached his peak level yet um but he is an up and down corner we all know that, that he's going to put us through a lot this season um, it's just a, it's just the same issue. It's just disciplining himself. But I think if he goes in there, I know he's going to have some good games. He's probably going to have some bad games as well. But if he can hold back on the penalties, I think Rocky Sin can be a decent corner. I think that's why they gave him the nod. And it can change over time as well because I'm one of those Isaiah Rodgers needs to start fans too. Um, I think he proved himself in that Bills game. And I think he does. I think he has what it takes to be there. You asked Isaiah Rodgers for cornerback two to go up against the Jaguars twice a year. I think he have a pretty decent game against those guys, but um, but for sure, I think um, I think it'll change over time. I think Rock will get that too. So your hot take is accepted. He, you have my approval on your hot take, Mike. Well, even then, I mean, your hot take wasn't that crazy. I was expecting to say something ridiculous. I, I that could that's like a real possibility. I mean, we, we, we like we we've seen we've seen Rock. I don't want to say we know what we get, but we, we've seen enough to kind of get an idea of what he does. As for T.J. Carey, he's he's essentially Zach Pascal on defense. He's the Swiss Army knife, and even though know, he played some safety when he was with Cleveland, so him being the backup free doesn't really surprise me too much. And obviously, it. it turned out the way due to cuts you know we could we obviously know who the eagles picked up from us we thought he was going to make the roster so obviously it turned into more of a need and he can fit the need but in, in terms of rock really and i said i said this early in the preseason i said this is his make or break prove it year and if he fails this year then we'll see him on the jets because they take all our secondary anyway at least our reject secondary i'm actually surprised that they didn't take malik hooker that one surprised me hey but man don't I, forget I, about the eagles too what the, the Eagles are the Eagles like the Jets? They pick up all our secondary. Also, I mean, they took Shashiri, but who else? Yeah, they take them too. Okay, so even then, start. well, even then, like I said, I mean, for Rock, like he he's obviously got to prove it this year. Did we see better improvement during this preseason and training camp? You know, sure, but again, let, let's see you do it when the games matter. And you know, you mentioned Isaiah playing better in the playoffs where it really matters. So he he should already know he's got a guy in his rearview mirror. So yeah, it it's really is a prove it or go to the Jets here for him. And correct me if I'm wrong, Rocky Sin didn't play in that Buffalo game, did he? 
To my knowledge, I don't think he did. He either like barely played, but I know he definitely did not start. Yeah, he didn't. I don't remember him doing that. So the fact that I mean, we I think I saw more TJ Carey and Isaiah Rogers than I did Rocket Sin. I can't uh remember off the top of my head, but I don't think he played. I think he was out due to an injury, I think. Um, I think, I think. So that's I mean, and also the new addition uh getting cut from Kansas City, being claimed off waivers. Bo Pete Keys out of Tulane. I believe he's a second-year player. Um, he's already going to be the cornerback, too, behind Xavier Rhodes. He's going to be backing up Xavier Rhodes, already being thrust into a position that's going to get snapped. You are going to get snapped. And he's a guy with some good potential. Uh, is he going to come in and just show that improvement? I don't expect it. Uh, he's already in a new scheme. He's in a, you know, he's got to get get the gist of it down. He's got to get some chemistry with his defense, with the secondary, know where each other's spots are going to be, get that communication down. Um, so I, I'm interested to see. It's all very, it like it has some good upside, but it also has such a huge potential to just be a disaster. Like it also has that potential. So. Oh man, I am definitely definitely hoping for the best in in this second secondary. So other than that, guys, I don't necessarily think we have anything else to say about this roster. Um, shocker, Rodrigo Blankenship is our kicker. Um, so other than that, I mean, I think we're we're good where we stand. Why is Rochelle on this roster? Um, so I'm I'm pretty good with with where we're at, honestly. So we're not going to get into a preview of Seattle just yet. That's going to be uh, in this uh, later show in the week. But before we leave, we're, it's time for our final segment. Playoff predictions. All right. Seven teams from each conference. We are going to start with the NFC, and we're going to start with Marcus. We're going to go to Rondo, and then we're going to come to me. So, Marcus, kick us off, man. All right. So. Predictions to make the playoffs. Of course, the first team I'm going to put in is Tampa Bay um, from the NFC. Uh, the next team I can see potentially making the playoffs is the Washington football team, because I think they're solid. Uh, they can definitely make it for sure. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Are you going from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? No, nah, there's no particular order. No particular order? No, nah, I can't do no. that. I'm not that. I can't be that Pacific, man. It's, it's Come the on, NFC Marcus. is just. Like, look at last year. We had one division in that conference that all of the, the best team had six wins. So how could I put up, up one to seven in that in that conference? It's just, oh. I just can't. But all, all right, right, number all one right. is the number one is Tampa Bay out of all of them. That's probably the easiest one. Everyone else, I can't do that. <laughs> so, for um, I got Tampa Bay, Washington. I'm gonna go with Seattle to make it. Of course, I'm gonna go with the Rams as well. I think to Seattle can make the wild card if anything. Um, I think they're going to have an up and down year of uh, starting off with a loss against the Colts in week one. But um, I'm going to I got the Rams in there. Another team I could see potentially making it um, dark horse is the San Francisco 49ers. I, I, I would go with them as a dark horse to make it as well. Um, and then the last two teams, I think that's five right there. Last two, I will go with Dallas and then. 
Hmm. Who could be the last team that could make it? You got Dallas. Go with, you got Vikings. Dallas getting in. Yeah, I think they can make it. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with the Vikings as another wild card projection. Oh my gosh! No Green Bay. You know what, Green Bay? I forgot about Green Bay. Take the Vikings out. Put the Green Bay in there. I forgot about Green Bay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, what? All right. So, that's Marcus's NFC. Rondo, let's go to your NFC. All right. So, I'm just going to go through the divisions. I've got no order because, like, again, I can't. I mean, like I said, Tampa Bay. Okay, Tampa Bay probably Lee wins the conference, but still. So, I would say Dallas and Washington get in from the east. Green Bay is going to get in from the north, and that's going to be it. Tampa Bay is going to get in from the south. The West is going to have three, I think. The West, I have every, I'm going to say everybody but Seattle gets in. Is that seven? All right, one, two. Or that's, not, that's only six. Hmm. You know what? Maybe the whole NFC West division gets in the playoffs. That division is pretty deep. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. So yeah, Dal- Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and then the entire NFC West. Okay. Yep, yeah, let's do that. All right, okay. So, uh, y'all are lame. I have actual seeds and predictions. So, in the NFC, my number one seed is going to be Tampa Bay. My number two seed is going to be the L.A. Rams. My number three seed is going to be the Green Bay Packers, okay? Still got to roll with Aaron Rodgers and company. Number four, uh, and we're focused on the division winners, number four is going to be Washington, all right? I have Washington winning the NFC East, Tampa Bay, L.A., Green Bay, Washington, one through four. The first wild card, number five, is going to go to San Francisco. I think if Trey Lance gets a hold of the starting spot, San Francisco is going going places. Look, man, I got mad, mad love for Andy Reid. But I think Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is a better offensive coach than Andy Reid. Okay, it's one thing to have Patrick Mahomes and, you know, have that solidified behind you. But it's also another to make your team go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G as your quarterback. So I got San Francisco, and this is hinged on Trey Lance getting the starting job hopefully before week five. Number six is going to be the Arizona Cardinals for me. Uh, We've spoken on it. The AFC West is incredibly deep. I like it for the Cardinals over Seattle. I have Seattle missing the playoffs. Uh, No offensive line, no pass rush, too many problems. Um, Arizona got better on the defensive side of the ball, drafting Zayvon Collins. You got J.J. Watt. Definitely added some talent on that side of the ball. Now you've added A.J. Green. Now you've added Rondale Moore along with DeAndre Hopkins, okay? So is Kyler Murray going to continue to make Cliff Kingsbury look like he's a good coach? Absolutely, I think he is. So that's Arizona at the number six. And number seven, man, rock me or throw rocks at me if you want. But I, I got Chicago making it because Justin Fields is going to start before week five. And I think Justin Fields is going to lead Chicago to the playoffs. All right. I think they're going to beat out. Just uh, uh, re- remind me again who their number two receiver is. It's all about Cole Komet. Okay. <laughs> Remember that name. No way. <laughs> Cole 
commit. <laughs> all right. Bro, Andrew Luck took a freaking YMCA team to the playoffs his rookie year. Okay, stop. Andrew so Luck is just the field of Andrew Fields. Luck. Hey, Justin Fields well, yeah. got some talent now. Don't be disrespectful. Do not be no, disrespectful. He's going to beat the Ohio State curse, though. <laughs> right, right. Man, so, yeah. don't nobody believe in that curse, man. Justin Fields is the exception. Dwayne um, Haskins, JT Barrett. Troy they all Smith. suck. They all suck. They didn't have they did not have the arm that Justin <laughs> Fields has. They did not have the arm that Justin Fields has. Um, so those are my seven. Okay. So moving on to the AFC. Rondo, let's go with you. We'll get with uh Marcus and then we'll end with me. All right. So AFC East, Buffalo wins that, but Miami's gonna get in as well. The North, I've got Pittsburgh finding a way to get it done. And I think Cleveland will just miss the playoffs. In our, in our division, the Colts will make it. The Titans will make a wild card. And in the West, it's Kansas City because it's obvious. All right, all right. Um, kind of took for a spin there with the Steelers. Uh, not going to lie. Um, so in no particular order, uh, of course, the Colts, I got them making the playoffs. I got the Browns making it another year as well. Um, I'm going to go with the Titans to make it, the Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, and the dark horse is the Chargers. I got the Chargers making it. All right. We got some love for Justin Herbert. Okay. I like it. I like it. The Chargers, I really considered for it. But here's my opinion when I look at the AFC. The AFC is incredibly deep. I think it is incredibly deep, deeper than it was last year. And a 10 and six football team missed the playoffs with an extra playoff seed added. So I, oh man, dude, it, it was incredibly tough to make this, this bracket. But so number one, I had Kansas City. Of course, offensive line got better. Defense is a still average, maybe. But the offensive line got better. You still got Patrick Mahomes and all those weapons. Uh, number two, two seed is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Again, I think their defense got a little bit better, uh, added some talent to the running back position, and I think they're primed again to be very, very, very competitive and possibly make it back to the AFC Championship game. Number three, I have Cleveland. I mean, they they look too strong of a team. Greg Newsom is going to be starting opposite of Denzel Ward beat out Greedy Williams that defense is strong the offense the offensive line the running back group the weapons Baker Mayfield got mad love for him man that team looks too strong to not be winning this division at number four I'm gonna have the winner from the AFC South I got the Tennessee Titans man um I I, I've been vocal about the problems I see on Indianapolis and you know, Carson Wentz missing time. The cornerback position probably being a revolving door potentially does not help that cause at all. And it certainly didn't help it when you put Al-Kadim Muhammad as your starting defensive end. So definitely didn't help your case there. Um, so for Tennessee, I feel like their defense has major, major issues. But the fact that you have the offensive line, you have a really good quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. You have Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. I, I'll give them the respect that they've earned as champions, 
and I'm going to go with them as the winners of the of this division. At the first wild card spot, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Honestly, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I think Mike Tomlin uh, is getting a little bit too disrespected of about how good of a coach he actually is and if he can whip this team back into shape. Is Big Ben, did he shed some weight? Is he really going to be slinging the football like he did before? Uh, Eric Ebron, as long as you cannot throw him passes, you have a good chance of moving the ball down the field. So Deontay Johnson, Juju, if he's not too busy looking at his TikTok follower count, uh, Chase Claypool, you got some mad talent on that side of the ball. And I got trust in Mike Tomlin, man, to, to get that team back into the playoffs where it belongs. Now six and seven was where I really ran into problems, okay? But at number six, okay, I know people kind of doubt this quarterback situation, but I got mad love for Brian Flores in the job that he did in Miami. So at the sixth seed, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. You know, if Tua maybe can't work out, who knows? Maybe it's Jacoby Brissett. We saw what he was able to do here. Uh, he, he played okay. He wasn't, you know, championship uh, material, but you got a good team in Miami and a great coach in Brian Flores. Put some respect on that organization's name. Added Jalen Waddle, got some talent on that team. Still got a Jakeem Grant who can really go wild. Tua, can he step it up? Maybe. I think you still got a good quarterback room in general. So at number six, I went with Miami. Now at number seven, looking, playing through all the scenarios, looking at the schedule, seeing how it can play out. Oh, man. And on, honestly, I'm actually shocked I even came to this answer. But at number seven, I got Indianapolis. I, I got Indianapolis. I probably would have gone with Baltimore. But those injury questions that are right now, um, that's a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, your two running backs, that, that, that's a lot on one side of the ball before week one. And if those injuries linger, I mean, hell, your running back one was already gone, J.K. Dobbins. So now that these guys are gone, Lamar Jackson, I mean, goodness, uh, their defense is going to keep them in games. But I'm going to give the edge to Indianapolis, Indianapolis, who's a lot more healthier, even though there are questions. But look, man, Indy, Baltimore, New England, L.A. Chargers, hell, you could have gone with anyone, 6-7, or hell, even 5-6-7. This AFC is incredibly deep. I don't know how this is going to turn out. But I, I do hope that these questions are answered pretty quickly uh, in Indianapolis about this quarterback situation. Can Carson Wentz play winning football? Keep uh, Stop throwing interceptions. Can the edge rush position be figured out? Probably not when Akadim Muhammad and Isaac Rochelle on the roster probably. But, man, that I, I'm sticking with it, man. My playoff predictions, I'm sticking by them. Every single team, I'm sticking by it. Yes, I had Baltimore missing. Uh, ah, man, dude, it's just too tough in the AFC for me. So uh, any any overall thoughts about each conference before we get in uh, – before we get 
to the game later in the week. Uh, I just want to apologize to Green Bay Packers fan. I totally missed it. Um, I didn't I didn't make the NFC bracket before we started, but the AFC was kind of easier for me. So I'm sorry, Green Bay. Rondo, anything? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit on it on just how how many quality teams there are this year. Really, on on in both conferences. I mean, I would even say like probably the list of like actual Super Bowl contenders might be bigger than it's been like in, you know in years past. You could you could look at a few teams in the league and be like, you know, they could seriously actually win the titles. Like, it's gonna be a crazy year of football this year. Yep, and I am certainly hoping that the Colts end up playing in January. Hopefully February. Uh, hey, man, we've been talking about it all off season. It's time to go. It's time to start uh, start answering these questions we've had all off season, man. All the talk, all the debates, arguments, conversations. Jacob Eason season versus Carson Wentz and. Uh, oh my goodness, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to sit down and watch it. Uh, so again, this has been a fun episode of the Blue Stable podcast, guys. Thank you to Rondo from Colts B. Thank you from Marcus from Culture Shock. And real quick, guys, where can they find you on Twitter, Rondo? Yeah, definitely uh, give Colts B to follow at SIA Colts B. Everything Colts related, Colts B related, and say it again, network related. All right, and you can find me at Culture Shock underscore. The regular Culture Shock has still suspended. Don't know when it's coming back out of prison, but Culture Shock underscore is where you can find me on Twitter. You got sent to prison, Marcus? Yeah, man, the first account is gone. I don't think it's coming back. Oh, my gosh, man. that I, I remember that. You said, oh, my gosh, my Twitter's gone. I'm like, what? Yeah. Right. Rip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, he is Rondo. He is Marcus and I am Michael Tarazas. Thank you. We will be back with myself and Destin. Hopefully Rashad can join us again. Got mad love for my brothers out there. I, I Honestly, it felt good not to have an argument on the show for, for once. OK, it felt good. All right. And I know. You know, y'all love when me and Destin go at it, when Rashad comes in, speaks facts and everything. I know y'all love it. We got many, many fun shows ahead of you guys. So, again, thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.